Sometimes in sports, you need a Kirby pocket. And the Jazz don't quite have a Kirby pocket. It's next, a locked on Jazz. You are locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. Today on Locked on Jazz, we will look at the defensive disaster that was last night. Oh, boy, did New Orleans put it on us, but they're crazy hot. Explain to you why no Kirby Puckett. Who's Kirby Puckett? Do a quick Google search. Don't do it if you're driving. Kirby Puckett and what uh, I want to take some perspective on Keontae George. Things are actually fine. Um, considering he's not had three great games in a row, but he is fine. And I will let everyone kind of look at that. The offense is super rolling, and there was a question left over from my midseason report on Will Hardy that I'm going to try to get to today. So that's the plan. If you are new to the show, welcome to Locked on Jazz. I am David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz and Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's our daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. The really cool thing is that we are free and available on all podcasting apps. No paywall, nothing of the sort there for you. So if you get a chance, please hit the follow or subscribe button. If you're on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. That really helps a lot in all the algorithm stuff. Since we've started doing that thumbs up, our numbers way up. So that's good for you. I'll explain that why in a second. And hit that little bell button that notifies you when uh, we'll let you know when shows are uh, launched. Uh, the Wednesday edition today is brought to you in part by FanDuel. FanDuel uh, makes every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. You know why it's beneficial for you to give a thumbs up if you're on YouTube? It's because it helps the algorithm. The more people watch it, the less people are idiots at the office because they listen to the show. And so then they, they, they're they smarter about things because of the fact that they listen to the show. That That's the theory there, at least in, in part. All right, so we got hammered last night. Um, New Orleans is really good. Uh, if you were listening to our broadcast, we opened it up. They were the second best offense in the NBA the last 10 games. I would guess they're the best now. Um, we were the third best offense in the NBA, and it looked like it. Um, and that was, you know, pretty extreme. They, they ended up with an offensive rating last night that I believe uh, was the fifth best offensive rating or sixth best offensive rating of any team in the NBA all year last year, one or this year, 145.7. Phoenix against Miami in November, Boston against the Clippers, December 23rd, Indiana against Miami, December 2nd, Denver against Houston on the 29th, and Sacramento on the 20th. Pretty good teams, by the way. The teams have all got hit by this are Sacramento, Houston, Miami, Clippers, Minnesota, and Utah. Right? Not a lot of Washington, Denver, San or Detroit, sorry, Washington, Detroit, San Antonio, and Charlotte in there, interestingly enough. So, like, our defense wasn't good. The transition, I mean, I was aghast a little bit on the broadcast last night. I mean, they just kept running by us, right? Um, and Will Hardy, after the game, said, hey, we're just, we just didn't play hard enough. Like, we're doing a lot of things well. We're still connected. Um, the offense was still great. We'll talk about that. Um, but, but really, truthfully, we just weren't, um, we weren't, you know, we weren't connected. Um, 
and or excuse me, weren't playing hard enough. And this leads me to kind of one of the great kind of sports stories of all time. And I and I think it's relevant. So the Minnesota Twins back in probably the early 90s had a got roly-poly center fielder, Hall of Famer named Kirby Puckett, who happened to be my favorite player. Many of you are like 50. He's probably your favorite player. Kind of, he was the guy, like he was, I don't know who the comparable. Um, he ended up having some off-field problems along the way, so maybe it was John Morant. But like he was just kind of everyone's favorite player. Um, and they played, they were down three games to two in the world series against the Atlanta Braves, and he walked in the locker room that night, and he said, all right, you guys don't worry about it. Get ready for tomorrow. I'll, I'll take care of tonight. Baseball player. And turned out, if I remember correctly, it's like a 1-1-0-0 game, ninth inning, Kirby Puckett robs a home run to keep the game alive, and then I think the bottom of the 10th off Charlie Liebrandt, he hits a home run to win it. And then they go play game seven, and they win. And I'm sure every single guy on that roster on the Minnesota Twins that night played as hard as they possibly could have, and they were totally engaged. It was game six of the World Series. But there's something about having a guy who can walk in the locker room and say, like, hey, don't worry about tonight. I got it. And it doesn't even have to be obvious. Like, if you're on the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid's got tonight. Don't worry about it. If you're on the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum's kind of got tonight. Don't worry about it. If you're on the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic got every night. Don't worry about it. Doesn't mean you don't play hard, but you probably have a little less stress and a little less burden and a little less of all these things because you got that guy. If you're on Milwaukee, you got Giannis. Got a little Dame, too. We don't have Kirby Puckett. We have really nice players. We've been playing collectively, playing beautifully together. Vastly improved. Super cool. I don't have that guy. We don't have a guy who, when you walk in the locker room, Lowry's pretty awesome, and you look around and you say to yourself, like, oh, yeah, we're all right tonight. He's here. Lowry's not quite there yet. He's pretty awesome. Eighth most impactful offensive player, according to points gained. Pretty incredible physical specimen. But we've talked about it. He doesn't totally create his own shots, needs other things. Like The Jazz have been playing brilliantly with this collective juice and this collective energy and this Fabulous togetherness. But it's a lot of effort on everyone's part every single night. Because they don't have Kirby Puckett. Whereas Tyrese Maxey can kind of go off, or Tyrese Maxey might not go off, and they're probably all right either way. It's a great luxury. But, like, frankly, we talk about this a lot. Like, the Jazz goes Jordan Clarkson goes. Well, that's a hell of a burden on Jordan Clarkson every single night. And last night, Jordan looked tired and frustrated. There's, no, there's absolutely no other way to say it. He just looked dead. He just had a really tough second quarter. He's a great player. But, like, he hasn't, like, he's a great player. I'm a huge Jordan Clarkson fan. He hasn't been ranked in a top 100 of any NBA ranking, like, all year, I don't think. So when you're suddenly asking him to be, like, that guy, it's pretty tough. And right now he shoots 45% from the field and 38% at home and 39% and 23% on the road. And in wins, he shoots 48% and 37% from three. And in losses, he shoots 37% from the field and 25% from three. Right. Because we need JC to, like, roll on a nightly basis. There's not a blame. Like, 
I'm not blaming last night on Jordan Clarkson. I'm just saying, like, that's for us to go. We have to do this as a collective group, like 240 minutes. But all of them matter. Because our top 50 minutes aren't as dynamically dominant as many other teams. Dynamic just means movement, so that's a bullshit crap word. Um, our, do- our top minutes are not as dominating as other minutes. And so we're going to have nights like last night still. It's not an indictment on anything. It's not a... We got blasted by a really good team whose offense is kicking right now, who had three days off off a loss, right? Like, it was... And we were coming out... We had two days off, so... But we were coming off a super physical game, too. Like, I'm not... I'm not making... Like, I just don't think that last night... I don't think actually a lot of people think it is... Had, like, massive... Oh my gosh, we've lost three in a row. Da, da, da. Will Hardy said it afterwards. Like, we're just not playing hard enough. Right. And so I'm just sitting here trying to explain why it's possible that this team's not playing as hard is because in it, when you're this collective and everyone's this important and everyone's this engaged as much, it's super hard. And then you can have slippage. And then you get into the dog days and Will pointed out like you're the all-star breaks a month away and trade rumors are flying and there's just a lot of distractions and Will's comment last night after the game. So let's put a name on it and let's address it and let's see what we can do about it. So Will's name is going to be different than mine, but my name is no Kirby Puck. And that's a little bit happened. I mean, I can dive in. La- I mean, we, there, there were a bunch of part of last night's game defensively. It was bad, right? Point of attack defense was bad. Transition defense was bad. Physicality wasn't very good. The amount of airspace we gave C.J. McCollum time and time again was a bit, was just, like, abominable. Right? Okay. Like, yes, 100%. But, like, why? Right? Like, on a group that plays hard together, likes each other, are good guys, are connected, are trying. How does that happen collectively? Th- this is why. Right? They didn't, like, all have a, like, they all didn't have an attitude readjustment somehow between Houston and New Orleans where they became like disenfranchised. They they had probably a physically exhausted lobotomy, basketball lobotomy. Like CJ McCollum's got seven threes and you give enough airspace to get his eighth. Come on now. Right? They beat you over the top five times in a row and they beat you six. Like come on now. But that when that's all happening, that's to me, that's the no Kirby bucket. Okay, Keontae had a tough night last night. Um, I actually didn't think it was that tough. Will Hardy had some interesting comments. Well, let me rephrase that. Keontae didn't make shots last night. Keontae's minutes are down a little bit. But I wouldn't worry about Keontae. I'll explain that as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by Hungry Root. This is a really neat product. In fact, I was in the car the other day with my wife, and I was like, hey, can you check this out? Like, they're a new sponsor, and I was interested if you wanted uh, to have anything involving Hungry Root. And then she's like, well, it's just a food delivery thing. I was like, I, I don't think so, hon. Like, really look at it. And she was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. So Hungry Root makes it easier for everyone to eat healthy. They support all the moot. Major diets and lifestyles include gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carbon, others. And 
they have a bunch of really interesting things to it, whether you don't want to brave the cold grocery shopping or whether you're not, you want to stay hungry root handles the food. You get a kickstart of the week with healthy eating and you get the groceries delivered right to your door. There's all sorts of really interesting things that grab my wife's attention inside the app. One, you're saving money because many customers save money on groceries for store. Um, as well as eating out less and avoiding expensive takeout restaurants. Two, you're reducing food waste. And three, you're saving time. Customers save up to five hours per week with Hungry Root. Here's your special discount code. Locked On gets you 40% off and free veggies for life. Locked On gets you 40% off and free veggies for life. Hungry Root's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got a healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. You take a fun, short quiz. They get to know your goals. They keep your needs, and then they fire it up. Recommend recipes and groceries based on your taste and their suggestions. And, uh, fresh produce, high-quality meals, seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, etc. Hungry Root. Spend less time meal planning, shopping, and cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food that will actually love you'll love with Hungry Root. Go to Hungry Root's offering Lockdown MBA listeners. 40% off your first delivery and fresh veggies for life. So go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. The HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use the link. That's HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Last night, the six-and-a-half-point spread did not seem to matter between the Jazz and the Pelicans. Uh, FanDuel right now for brand-new customers has a special deal for you. That is, FanDuel, if you new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Same-day parlays. Find the bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your first bet. A layup. FanDuel's the official partner of the NFL and official sports book of Locked On. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get your $150 in bonus bets when you place your first bet. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Super appreciate you. Uh, thank you very much. We are free and available on all podcasting apps. And we have launched the first ever national 24-7 sports channel, Locked On Sports Today. It's up on YouTube. It's also available on Amazon Fire. If you go through the Fire TV, find Locked On. We also have local channels in Minnesota, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Dallas right now, if you're interested. Kind of a cool deal. Jazz sitting at 10th in the playoff picture right now at 22 and 23. Same as the Lakers. Notch ahead of the Rockets and the Warriors. All right. Um, let's talk about Keontae for a second. So I made the comment the other day, like I saw something I didn't like, and I only really did that because I just don't think he should get a free pass, right? Like I talk about all the things we love about Keontae. We're super excited about him. 16th pick of the draft. And I just don't think it does any value to just like give a guy a free pass all the time because to some extent you don't see him improve. I think we have to put a perspective on Keontae. And let's put the season, he's not going to quite play 80 games, but let's put the season into four 20-game sequences. And I think the first and the third are going to be the most difficult. So the first, you have no idea what's coming. You're just stunned by the speed and the size and the shooting windows. And then you adapt, and then you get tired, 
And then, frankly, the last quarter of the season in the NBA is just not as hard to play. There's a lot of guys not playing. There's a lot of guys out there that are um, maybe not as hot. They're getting a chance to play in the NBA. The last 20 is just not as hard a time. But here's – so I got it. Keontae's last three games have not been super. But let's – shooting-wise. Let's – Keontae in his first 10 games shot 35% and 31% from three. Now, depending on how you want to do this, right, you can look at it in either way. But if you were to just take game 21 through game 40, now Keontae doesn't play all of them. He plays 15 of them because he sits out five of them, which might have been important. He suddenly shoots 40% up from 35 and 32% from three. That's a massive jump. If you want to say, well, I, I just want to do 20 game windows where Keontae's actually played played 20 games. So then we add in last last night's game, which is not as good, and we're at 20 games. And he shoots 39% for the field and 33% from three. Again, not super numbers, but let's we can go into this in a second. Rookies don't shoot well. And if you frankly, he's he's begun to hit. Like the second, third, I said the first 20 and the third 20 are going to be the most difficult. Like he's already in that third 20 and in the last three games, like he's three of 16 and three of eight from the field. Last night, I love the fact he got 10 free throws off. He had five assists. Like he got rolling a little bit. Um, even if it's late in the game, that setting, like he's still proving. Ben Anderson. KSL Sports Zone also fills in, writes KSL, talks about, like, you just want to see flashes. We've seen the flashes. That's what's great. Like, you, what you don't want is 13 minutes on the floor, no points, no rebounds, no assists. That's that's a really problematic line. We're not seeing that at all, which is great. Um, the, the Jazz are getting out of Keontae, like, impact. And Will Hardy last night was really interesting when talking about Keontae. Let me see if I can find my notes on it pregame. He said, "I have a, this little book has every shoot-around, every press conference, a lot of pregame broadcast notes. It's kind of a fun little book. I keep them all. Don't know what anyone's ever going to do with this book um, when I die. Nothing. So I don't know why I keep all of them. But he said, hey, we don't want to be shy. Don't be careful and and, and perfect. Um, and, you know, don't try to, to not make mistakes. Will's, you know, we're really happy with what Keontae's doing. The league is an every night business, and that's what he's learning. And that's super hard. It's mentally and emotionally. He's I think he's hit the rookie wall. It hits. I said this last this week all along. Um, it's not a physical thing per se. Like he can play 15 minutes a night. He probably feels fine. He just, and he probably has no idea how mentally and physically exhausted he is. Rookies the next year always come back like, oh yeah. Like, like I think there was a real thing to Ochai last year that he got to play G League for the first half of the year. And then after being traded and all the things that took place and the thing for Will last year that irks him and Walker last year that, you know, he, he got halfway through the year and then he got kind of thrust into it. And then he got kind of half a season. Like Keontae said to Ryan Miller, who's on the road traveling this week, that, you know, high school and college last year combined is not as many games as he's played this year. Um, So I think he's, 
He's it, but I think you see, like, just if you look in twenty game stretches, I think you really see a lot of growth. And the irony of this, by the way, is I did this yesterday, and it just wasn't the show. If you take going into yesterday's game, he's forty percent from the field and thirty three percent from three. Yesterday with one for eight doesn't help, which would be a five percent increase on his overall shooting and a two percent increase on his three point shooting. That's super good. In more minutes. So it's subtle and it's game by game, but that's what to expect. This is the three rookies this year that I can think of that have actually can shoot the ball and make shots right now where the ball's going in. Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller, number two pick in Charlotte, is shooting 44% and 38% from three. Super impressive. Bilal. Kulabai has played 1,000 minutes, super impressive, and is shooting 47% and 40% from three for Washington. Kaysen Wallace has played 900 minutes and shooting 51% and 42% from three. Those are all top 10 picks. And I guess Jordan Hawkins should be included, the 14th pick of the draft, 42% and 39% from three. Jaime Hawkes. 51%, 35% from three. And that's a four-year player. And Pojemski, for the Warriors, 46% and 39% from three. So that's a few more than at 828 minutes. That's a few more guys than I had, than I had remembered. I'd forgotten uh, Hawkes and Pojemski. Pojemski is considering guy, they were kind of, they aren't as young. But the young kids of the guys who spent like a year in college, there aren't many of them that are shooting well right now. Like Jordan Hawkins is not a youngster. He's he's two years in college, but he's 22 years old, I think, at the end of the season. He's really a great shooter. Good pick. 14th pick of the draft. Um, So I think when you look at it and you look at minutes played, Keontae seventh in the rookie class in minutes played. And we'll we'll see how it plays out. By the way, win share in the class, there are just it's finally we're getting some guys with positive win share. It's taken a long, long time. Value over replacement level, we've got like one guy, Victor Webanyama, and ironically enough, Trace Jackson Davis, who seemed to be like, and Brendan Pajemski, who seemed to be actually having a minor win share impact. Rookie, it's hard on rookies. But my point on this, I don't know if I was clear, but my point on this is that you got to look at him increments. And I thought he got a really good pass on the second increment. And this third increment is going to be hard for Keontae. And there are little things that I think are just signs of mental fatigue, right? I talked about the other night, he tossed the ball on the wing and they just never ran his route. Like he just jogged into his route. It was like really noticeable. Like, okay, well, that's not who he is. So that's fatigue, right? Getting picked by Aaron Holiday just and not necessarily fighting back. Like that's just fatigue. So he'll be fine. I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. He's got a long way to go. It's got to get better. Ball's got to go in the hoop. Um, but what we're seeing right now is nothing that I would be concerned about. How's that? Like, this is the natural process of a guy. And the worst thing that could happen is if Keontae suddenly starts playing 16 minutes and has no points, no rebounds, or no assists. Like, he's not having an impact. He's playing so 
pressures to not make mistakes, that would be the worst thing. So as long like one of eight's fine. Because I actually thought all eight were good shots last night. Ten free throws is great. All right, the offense is pretty awesome right now, and it's pretty crazy that it is that awesome. And we're going to dig into why that's so crazy when we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at eBay Motors. Millions of parts for your ride or die eBay Motors. It's got it for you. Pretty incredible site. If you've never been to eBay Motors or experienced eBay Motors and you're a car person, I have just made your day way better. Yes, because eBay Motors has not tens, not thousands, not hundreds. That's the wrong order. But millions, 122 million parts for your ride or die. You always can find exactly what you're looking for. And then eBay has the eBay guaranteed fit which is your part guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Check it out. It's eBay Motors and the eBay Guaranteed fit for life. What the Jazz are doing offensively is kind of incredible. So let me just run a few looks at numbers for you to try to explain it, and then I'll explain why. Well, first of all, we don't have Kirby Puckett. Everyone needs Kirby Puckett in their life is the real story. All right, so let's go the last 15 games. So the last 15 games were 10 and 5, and our offense is the fifth best offense in the NBA. If we go last 10 games, our offense is also the fifth best in the NBA. We're 6 and 4, okay? So last 15 games, we're the fifth best offense in the NBA. That's crazy. We are doing it without shooting the ball well. We're not badly. But not great. I'll explain here in a second. We're the tw- in the last 15 games, we're the 12th best shooting team in the league. Well, we must just be kind of unnaturally hot from three then, right? In the last 15 games, the Utah Jazz are 21st in the NBA in three-point shooting. 35.3% on our threes. The lowest in the league is Brooklyn and Atlanta, then Chicago. Chicago and Houston are 34, and then Washington's at 35. Miami's at 35. Or 34. My, no, Miami's at 35. Orlando's at 35. Memphis at 35. San Antonio's at 35. We're at 35.3. So we're 21st in the league in three-point shooting. But we've stuck, we've just changed kind of a lot of who we are. In the last 15 games, we've taken the most free throws of any team in the league. We've grabbed the seventh most offensive rebounds, but at a very high percentage. And then impressively, we're averaging 30 assists a game, but you don't get assists on free throws. Right? So we get 45 field goals a game, which is high. It's the fifth most of anyone in the NBA. And we're assisting on 30 of them a game. It's one of the higher rates in the league. 
Indiana's at 31.7 to their 45. Toronto's, at, since they've made a bunch of their moves, is at 31 to their 44. And San Antonio's at 30 for their 43. They just don't have shot creators. Nor do we, frankly. So a little bit's by necessity. But the fact that we're going to the free throw line and making 23 free throws a night, and by the way, shooting 83% at the line, number one free throw shooting team in the league last 15 games, 83%, were and taking 28 free throws, which is the most of anyone in the league, and still in the upper echelon of assists tells you so much. So it's incredible ball movement. It's incredible commitment to different things. And when I talked to Will Hardy last night about this pregame, what Will's comment was, was we've just found different ways to score on different nights. That they're attacking more in transition, but if that's not there, then they're being able to get things or get the rim more. Just a lot of different approaches to what they're doing as a team right now, which is pretty impressive. And the offense is is. I mean, it's really good, right? It's top five. We just talked about it. It's like top five. And the NBA, if you look at it, it stems largely from when JC and Lowry came back from their injuries. So our 15th game is the game against San Antonio right after Christmas. And and if we kind of dig into our shot distribution since December 26, that gets a little, that you can see some of this evolving as well. So since the, that's our last 15 games. And there's no 15 is an arbitrary number that, frankly, NBA stats allows me to pull. Um, and it's the longest they let me go back just without putting in dates. So that's why I chose it. So it's probably not like the greatest number, but it, it gives us a concept. We we turned the corner. I mean, I think it's fair to say we may have turned the corner before that, though, that frankly, the win at Detroit might have been the turning the corner or it was the win home against New York and Portland. It depends your point of view. We'd won four of six coming into this, but let's just go back to that 15. It's kind of a good number. We're 10 and five since then. So in that time period, we're taking the second most amount of floaters. We've really, we're driving and getting in the paint. I don't love the floater shot, but if it means we're also getting fouled, that's great. We're taking the eighth most amount of corner threes. 15th the most amount above the breaks, 12th and three-point attempts. As we mentioned, we're not shooting great. We're not getting the rim a massive amount because we're getting fouled. That's where that stat can sometimes be a little misleading. We're 23rd in the league at getting to the rim. But our rim finishing is amazing. We're 73% at the rim in the last 15 games. Third best in the NBA. We're fine on those floaters. It's 45%, so it's not a terrible shot. The thing that's crazy is we can't hit our corner three. So we're getting those corner threes. We're not making them at all. We're at 33% on corner threes, 28th in the league. We were like the best corner three shooting team in the league. A little bit is just Ochai has slumped. And he was the best in the league for a little while. But to me, what jumps out is we're fifth in the league offensively. And there's not a lot that's wildly weird. They're like, we're getting to the free throw line. That, that would be the... The thing we're going to have to maintain is that like that's that's become like we're attacking, moving the ball, taking advantage of things at a rate where we get to the free throw line a lot. The last two offensive games have not been as good and they were against good defensive teams. We played back to back top 10 defensive teams. But let me before 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 they were not as good, but let's put them in perspective. They were both league average offensive performances against teams that are 
well better than league average defensively, right? Follow me? So, in other words, if you're playing the Houston Rockets and they're the fifth best defensive team in the NBA and you're playing the New Orleans Pelicans and they're the ninth best defensive team in the NBA, you should be, if you're average offensively, you would be below average. You'd either like be in the 25th percentile or about the 35th percentile. That's how it works. And instead, we're in the 50th percentile. It's pretty great. Our free throw rate was way down from where it has been in both those games. That's And then last night, we didn't offensive rebound at all, weirdly. We had zero offensive rebounds in the first quarter, two at the first half. But other than that, really, since, the you know, depending where you want to go back, we've had some monster offensive games. The only bad offensive game we had was against Boston. And then the last two, we've been like right on league average, but league average against good defensive teams. So the offense is really turning right now. It's pretty incredible. And it's a combination of getting to the free throw line. We've been above average getting the free throw line in every game since January 1st, other than the Houston game. And then we're above average in every single game offensive rebounding other than the Boston game, except for last night. We still turn it over, but we've been shooting it great. And the offense is just really just revving. It's pretty great to see. All right, that is Locked on Jazz for the day. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning in. And look forward to chatting with you tomorrow from, again, for the nation's capital before the Jazz play, the Washington Wizards. Thank you very much. We now send you the first ever 24-7 national sports channel on YouTube, Locked on Sports Today.